about something Jesse cares about. Jesse, I'll let you pick. NBA or NFL? Let's uh, let's go NBA and then finish on NFL. All right. Where do you want to start with the NBA then? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, if any of you seen the scrimmages earlier, Bull Bull is the greatest player that's ever graced a basketball court. <laughs> and that's just that's just all there is to it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't. How did the Miami Heat draft this guy in the second round? Yep. And then trade him for a future second rounder in cash considerations. Uh, after know. after the first round ended, immediately after the first round ended, I agree. The Nets took Claxton, which was a great pick as a Nets fan. Yeah. So I'll say, even at th- starting at the number thirty-two pick. Every single team should have tried to be on the phone trading up to try to get Bull. Try to get Bull Bull. Yeah. This, no. I mean, I, agree. I don't – I just don't understand how a lottery projected pick got hurt, even after playing five games, yeah. got hurt, and nobody decided to take him. Michael Porter Jr. didn't even really <laughs> play in college, and this man was a lottery pick. That's nothing against Michael Porter Jr. I think he could be a great player. But Bull Bull at least had some type of tape, and you saw what he was capable of. And every single team passed on him. Yeah. And then the Heat even drafted him and traded him. Traded him, yeah, I know. <sighs> Could you imagine if the Heat had Bam Adebayo as the starter and Bull Bull coming off the bench? That's dirty. That's, that's ridiculous. Dirty. That changes That changes everything. That, that's a ring. But, that's a ring waiting to warm our fingers. But So uh, – Bull Bull looks incredible in his scrimmage. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, it was a scrimmage. It's a scrimmage. He's not running the point like that in a real NBA game. It's Agreed. Not. The Nuggets are in a 2 now. We have to under – We have to just pump the brakes. That lineup in an NBA game. I think it could actually Western work. Conference in, would not so, work. So, okay. This, I think everybody is still thinking like the Warriors are coming out here. Next year, I mean, if you're talking, like, yeah. Okay, okay. Who was the team in the Western Conference that competed the best against the Warriors' small ball lineup? It was the Thunder when Kevin Durant were there. And you know why? Because they used big lineups. If you try to beat a small ball lineup with small ball, nine out of ten times you are going to lose. The best way to beat small ball – is that, if they roll that, if the Nuggets roll that out against the Rockets, the I think they would genuinely destroy them. I if PJ Tucker is trying to rim protect from Nikola Jokic, <laughs> Bol Bol, Michael Porter Jr. all on the court at the same time, get it out of here. That's that's. Okay, but I mean, there's talking, no chance. I mean, what's the perimeter defense against James Harden? How are they going to lock him down? <laughs> And Russell. Well, I mean, multiple players. Gary Harris is a very capable perimeter defender if you put him just out there. Jamal Murray can cover. I well, think we're, if talking, you... I, we're talking about this lineup we were saying, though. I'm not oh, talking... well, I mean, if you're, if you're saying like rim that. protection, then, I mean, you have Jokic bullying him into the lane and then Bol Bol. I mean, he'll take, like, 40 free throws a game, but <laughs> what are you going to do? I, I – I am not going to knock the Nuggets for trying this lineup. Oh, for it's sure. Not, because it's not it, to beat the Lakers. It would, they would get stripped by the Lakers and the Clippers, I believe. 
with well, this. okay, okay. I think they could get destroyed by the Lakers or the Clippers regardless of what they do because they're still a year. They're easily, easily a year or two away. The Nuggets yeah. are. I mean, nobody is saying they're champ. If they do win a championship this year, it's like three years ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. There, there. I mean, there's, there's no way to me that the Nuggets get there unless the Lakers or Clippers get bounced out early. I'm like this, this big lineup. It's fun. It's cool. Bowl bowl at the run of the point is cute. It's not. It's nothing. I I disagree because I think the Nuggets are the most interesting team in the West. Up there with the Rockets, I'm not saying best, but interesting. Interesting. They can, for sure. The Pelicans they can, not interesting to you. No, the Pelicans are not interesting because the best they can get in is an eight seed. You have to play the Lakers. Who cares? You're going to get destroyed. I mean, I, I any eight seed to me is not interesting. Interest. The Nets last year were interesting. and they Not this year. <laughs> the Nets were interesting because they stole a game and they had a culture. That's why they were interesting. The Nuggets have a similar culture. They develop second-round picks. They get guys that aren't necessarily in the top of the draft. But they don't they, trade them away, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Not trade away your twenty-four-year-old all-star. If, if you're asking me if I would, would I rather watch a Rockets game or a Nuggets game? It's Rockets. Really, you want to see James you, Harden just take forty-five shots? They're a fun team. I don't disagree. I think the Rockets are interesting, especially with Westbrook. For but sure. to say who is more of a threat, definitively the Nuggets. The Nuggets are more put put PJ Tucker on Anthony Davis. I mean, come on. (laughs) Mm. Oh, I'm sorry, Robert Covington. Maybe give him a little bit of size. I guess just because just because the Nuggets are more of a threat does not mean they're a threat. Yeah, agreed. I think no. The West comes down to two teams. It has been a Clippers Lakers year the entire year. Collision. I think that that goes without saying. I mean, yes. Uh, that, but the third. That, but that. if you if you had to tell me that I need to pick a third team, it would be the Nuggets. I, I don't even. I, I think it's kind of just a jumble at that point when when it goes. They're, they're experimenting. You gotta experiment yeah. sometimes. So I don't blame I don't them like, at all. What I don't like, and I saw. I I cannot credit the Twitter user, but I saw. I, I didn't. I don't, I forgot the name, but I saw it on Twitter, and I agree with this: is that Chris Paul is getting way too much credit and the uh, the young guys and everyone else stepping up for okc is getting little credit from so, the media so as a guy who called okc being in the playoffs so run it back the tape i called it before <laughs> the season started everybody told me the oklahoma city thunder were going to be bad i said no you're wrong they're going to make the playoffs and they did and they're a scary team in the playoffs as well um Chris Paul, I completely disagree, is not getting even enough credit. I think SGA has been very good. I think Steven Adams is always a difference maker. Mm-hmm. But what Chris Paul does at the end of games, statistically right now, he is the most clutch player in the NBA for this year. His clutch point game rating is a plus 13 That means on average, in the last five minutes of a two-possession game, the Thunder go on to average 13 more points than their opponents with Chris Paul on the field. 
or on the court, excuse me. The next closest is LeBron at 8.6. That's He's five points better in the clutch than LeBron. I think OK, OKC is the most dynamic team at the ends of games. You do not want to be playing them close mm-hmm. because if you are playing a tight game with five minutes left, they have so many good defensive players and so many smart players spearheaded by Chris Paul. They can force you to realistically score maybe six points in your last four minutes. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'll say this about the whole Chris Paul situation as well. I don't think he was as washed as people made it out to be when he was traded from Houston. He was a terrible, he was a bad fit. Yeah. He was, he was always a bad fit, but even with that bad fit, they are 28 missed threes away from winning a championship. Cause they were going to, they were going to destroy that Cavs team as well. It didn't matter who got there, but it, I, and you could also – the same people who like to argue for some reason that if Chris Paul plays game seven, the Rockets win, are the same people who, when he got traded, were calling him washed. So I don't understand. No, they, they don't win that game with him on the floor. I respectfully disagree, but I think that's a, that's a thing for a different time. Chris Paul, would have been, Chris Paul would have been a smart enough player – that he wouldn't have let them take and miss 28 trade freeze. He would I, have changed no, the game plan. That's on coaching. That's not on. I, I absolutely agreed. But Chris Paul is an on-court coach that I think players respect even more than some coaches in the league. Beyond that, going back to the Thunder, <laughs> SGA could be Done. one of the best young talents, probably – like, I think he's it's getting so to have such a, uh, Where is this coming from? What was that? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I think he's probably one of the most exciting talents. I take him above, you know, your little your little heat tandem over there, Mr. Uh, Mr. Whoa. Clark. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? what? Better than my tandem that's not even playing. Huh. I don't no, know. I, Joe, you're definitely, you're definitely onto something. SGA not... is one of easily, I think you can – if you're talking about young players in the league and Gian- if Giannis isn't included because, you know, he's been in the league for like six years, even though he's only like 25. <laughs> um, I think you have to go Luka Doncic. I mean, and then I go SGA. I go and then Young. I go, I go SGA over Trey Young. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Why? SGA's second best quality, his defense. Trey Young's eighth best quality is defense. He doesn't have a second best quality. <laughs> so it's, it's shooting. It's shoot, it. shoot, no, Trey Young is pass. a great shooter and yeah. playmaker. But SGA is a great playmaker, a great defender. And I mean, he's learning from Chris Paul. He understands the slashing mentality. He understands he's not that great of a shooter. So he doesn't force those shots. He is efficient. I, I think him being traded in the Paul George deal was not talked about nearly enough. A lot of people are like, well, you got to do what you got to do to get Paul George. And I completely agree. But if you could have somehow kept SGA out of that deal, because he, to me, he really is one of the 
top, at minimum top five of the young guards in the league. And I don't think he's talked about enough, too. That's, that's also because he plays in Oklahoma City. That's, that's the, my original yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. He's not talked uh, enough. Like, like you said, Miami, my young guys in Miami talked about because of the big city. You're, if you're out in Oklahoma, they don't give it to him about you. SGA okay. gets talked about less than like Mitchell Robbins. Unless your name's Kevin Durant, they really don't care about you in Oklahoma City right? from outside the yeah. NBA's perspective. Yeah. Well, that's because Kevin Durant was too big to ignore. Exactly. Like you got a guy so, who's how tall is SGA? Like six four, maybe. He's got a like six nine wingspan. Yeah, no, for sure. But like he just looks like an average guy, but he plays yeah. way above average yeah. for sure. He's six five. Six yeah. five, close. He's Canadian. Yes. yes <laughs> Canada. Don't know the rest, but so, okay. Good news though at the NBA, it seems like the bubble's working. You know, yes. earlier in the week, was it Monday or Tuesday, Sham tweeted out that they tested, I think it was, what, 360 or so? 346. Yeah. 30, 346 athletes, none of which came back positive for COVID-19. Good. So yes. the bubble is working. Yes. So keep, keep it the way it is. Exactly. Don't change anything. Just keep what you're doing. Don't go out for food. Don't be bringing all these girls into your room. Just live a virgin life for the next couple of months and do your thing. Play your game and that's, do what you're there to be paid for. That's, that's exactly it. If they can, if they keep the players happy and all you know things stay you know even keel right now, we'll finish this season. It seems like. Yes. Yeah. It's it. This is just great for you know, national morale, so to speak. We, we have something to talk about. We have things to watch. And if we can just keep these players healthy, we can see some um, tremendous basketball. Because I mean, when we left it, there was some – I mean, of course, three teams were above the rest, but there was tremendous parity. I mean, the Eastern Conference is a conversation for the first time in a, in, in a while. I think yeah. it's a good conversation. Yeah, not having – LeBron yeah. out there in the East or anything, and just the Bucks, the Heat, the top teams there, the top four or five teams in the East is very, very fun. A lot of fun basketball going on there. So before we switch gears and move to the NFL, who do you guys see coming out of each conference then? As the champions of each conference? Yeah. Who do you see in the finals? I see uh, I see Clippers-Bucks final. I, I see Lakers-Bucks. Lakers-Bucks. But yeah. – a surprise team in the East that I don't think is getting enough love, surprisingly, because they're the reigning champs. The Raptors, they're interesting. Very. They're, I mean, they have a Kawhi Leonard hole in that lineup, but Pascal Siakam took another jump. Still, They still have Gasol Manning at the five, and we know Gasol gives um, Giannis some trouble. I I don't think they can beat the Bucks, but I do think they – are the most interesting to go up against them. And then in third, I have the Heat. I think the Heat are just interesting because I think they can cover Giannis maybe the best individually. They're because, just young. young yeah, and fun. absolutely. And, and they have Jimmy Butler as a great and, leader for them. And Butler doesn't have another big superstar around him, so he can thrive that's well. Where he, that's what he's best at. Exactly. Once he has all the superstars around him, say Cat or Joel Embiid and all these guys around him, he obviously doesn't click with them. So having these young guys who don't have much experience but have the talent that he can mentor and coach is really exciting. 
I I don't know why the Celtics haven't been brought up in this conversation. Because the Celtics don't belong in this conversation. They were a team that were built to such hype and had just done nothing with. If Unless Jason Tatum, which don't get me wrong, I like Tatum. Mm-hmm. Unless Tatum cements top five status, like in the East, they're not even worth talking about. They're not. I mean, what are they – Everybody so far that we've talked about has a built front court and every championship contender is built in the front court. The Celtics front court is terrible. Yep. Like it's, it's God awful. If you put, you put Giannis up against Boston, he's going to destroy, destroy them in probably them. five games. For sure. Destroy them. I Boston is always gets too much love. Kemba has been a fine fit there. He's been good. He's been good. I he, he's been. Yeah. I think he's been very good. I yeah. He's been very good in a system that I don't think has championship aspirations. If you're if your two best players are Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum, who, and then Jalen Brown. Yeah, Jalen Brown's also fine. But you're telling me those guys are going to compete with Giannis and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez? I think I think as I, we're talking about second in the East at this point, I would put them probably I would put them above Toronto and probably above the Heat as well. I, put I would below. put them I put them below Toronto, below the Heat, below the Philadelphia 76ers. Wow! If the 76ers match up with the um, what was that? Cattail. <laughs> if they um, are at your apartment yeah his name's obi <laughs> what <laughs> yeah um he's an emotional support cat for my roommate jonah he's nice. adorable he's a little troublemaker but um <laughs> if you if the 76ers go up against the celtics I, this is the first year that the 76ers actually would beat them <laughs> okay all right well nba they started scrimmages when do they actually start playing 30th. Mm, 30th. The 30th? 30th. All right, so a few days. So, in the words of Clark, just got to wait and see. Got to wait and see. That's it. Can't predict the future here. So, that's we'll shift to the – That's what this whole thing is about. <laughs> so, we'll just shift gears to our final sports topic, at least, of, you know, all the major leagues right now, the NFL. Woo. So, some Jets news came out today. Owner Woody Johnson is being investigated by – whomever for racist and sexist comments as well as using his position as ambassador to great britain i believe right or the united kingdom same thing yeah the kingdom would be to get the open golf tournament to one of president trump's resorts so that's obviously a little bit of corruption a lot of corruption just sticking to the football side of things, not even the yep. corruption government part of things. That's its own podcast, its own day. If those comments are true, he needs to be banned from the NFL and have to sell the team. For sure, be forced to sell the team banned. I 100% agree. That leaves you with two situations in the NFL. Um, and I mean, incidentally, and I think it's, it's not coincidentally that that becomes two of the, you know, biggest dysfunctional franchises in the Yo, NFL. I was going to say that. Like, why does it, why does it seem like the owners who are, like, alleged for these bad things, like, they never run good organizations. No. 
Never. No. They're like like Dan Snyder's been failing as the Redskins owner for who knows how long. It, it's almost like how the football team's a reflection of what they are as a person. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I you can't. I, there's only so much you can say um, because this goes way beyond you know uh, sports and everything like that. I mean, the, these accusations are disgusting, disturbing. There's no and place for it. No place for it in the NFL. And I, Woody Johnson deserves everything that will come out if these things are true. But, I mean, you let the State Department do their investigation. But as Jamal Adams tweeted today, we need the right people at the top. Wrong is wrong. And Jamal, Jamal knows. We all know it. Um, it. Woody Johnson, his time is done. Um, yeah. yeah. And even if, like, say comes back where these are false, you know, for whatever reason, how do you bounce back from that though and still run the team without this coming up? You don't. You know, it's you almost honestly don't. As a Jets fan, it sucks that, you know, if those allegations are true, but it's almost like this might be a sigh of relief just to get him out of his ownership. It's a big problem um, because it's the same types of people yeah. who are owning these teams that are being these representatives. I mean, we need obviously having the amount of money to own a football team probably means that you have done a shady thing or two in the past there. It's not <laughs> that easy to accumulate that sort of wealth, obviously without having something dirty on your record. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd like to see some fresh faces, young, someone young, you know, someone who's just not uh, that strays away from this, rich old white man who exactly what i was going to say you know yeah. like the that's old every, white man just every owner needs to go. it needs to go you know and it, it's 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 difficult that that's a situation that we're in but we need fresh faces at the top of of these organizations i'm not talking ownership but presidents vice presidents general managers it's it's people of power faces. All over these. Areas. We need more minorities too. Well, that's why, the N- that's why the NBA is one of the more progressive leagues because you look at it, they have more minority owners, more minority, you know, of like heads of you know teams in the front office. You know, it trickles down, and that's why the NBA is one of the most progressive leagues. If so not I think most. also the NBA has a thing going for it where it's an international game. Yeah, football. It's For American. as much as everybody loves it, it's really not international. I mean, there's a Canadian football league, sure. And there's there's these little leagues here and there, but this is like football is an American sport. It's it's born and bred here. So as far as all of the, you know, progression that the NBA has been able to go through, they've, you know, reached out to places in Africa and in Europe and in South America and all this. The, the NFL, they don't have to do that. They don't have to go abroad to find any, you know, prospects that they want. The, the most, like, interesting it gets is when they bring in a rugby guy from Australia. You who know, like that. Who doesn't even make it past preseason? Exactly. Exactly. Speaking well, of the preseason, there is none this year. Good. Players are, players are definitely happy about that. Players don't like preseason games unless they are fighting for a roster spot. It's it sucks. It sucks for those guys. What are you gonna do though? Now, the pre- it's a safe way out. Anyway, um, and I mean, even with coronavirus, it double shouldn't have existed. So this is fine. This is a long time coming. Yeah. Um, let's let's you know. Let's hope that maybe there is another way because there definitely is another way to figure out who makes a team. Who just doesn't do make- the the split practices that we've seen them do. You know. Yeah, just the scrimmages. And like, if yeah. they want to have an actual preseason game, just have one or two. 
you don't need four. I don't, I don't even want them. I don't want them to begin just with. Just do okay. Just just get rid of them. It, don't it's risk it. Save it's, it's yeah. there's nothing on the line in preseason games that helps you anybody. Can't just play extra football games that aren't necessary. You just exactly can't. yes, yeah. it could get someone a roster spot, but there's always the next year for that. Now here's Aren't the thing: get much better, much worse in one year. Now a, here's the thing too, where we might see a labor strike. They just signed the new CBA, you know, back in March or whatever it was. They're not playing preseason this year. You know, the assumption is if life is back to next back to normal by 2021. You know, preseason want to play. be back. They're going to yeah. want to play preseason. Players yeah. are not going to want to play preseason. Could we see a holdout then? Right. I think. I think what is most likely going to happen moving forward. I think we're going to end up at two preseason games. I think that'll also yeah, be a compromise. That for a long time. Mm. And but it, honestly, that makes the most sense. They'll make the two preseason season games that they're taking away and make them regular season games. Then. Yeah, but even then, you would get the extra bye week. Yeah. You would get an extended season. It, the biggest problem is that it's four preseason games in a row. It's, yeah. It's bad. If you and do two preseason, you can do week like week one off, week two on, week three off, week four, or week one, week three. Like give you get those guys a break, and then that lets you talent a bit evaluate even more. Because yeah. like let's say if you just run those young guys, then you're actually, you know, getting those reps. You don't need to throw in Phillip Rivers for a quarter. You get two bye weeks during the season. <laughs> Players would not hate that, I, I don't think. I mean, that, that's big. Yeah. Um, well, and I think the, big, the biggest our, thing, I think, too, with the double bye week, those teams that have, like, a week four bye or a week five bye, yeah. the season feels so much longer for them. If you give like a midweek buy to every team at like week twelve, like week eleven to week fourteen, like you give a bunch of teams a bye week. Yeah. I think that changes or that could change the complexity of a lot of playoff races. And I think that makes it more interesting. Yeah, early bye weeks are I was never a fan of too. Just to yeah. be, like, it, even like if I the schedule comes out and I see there's an early buy, I'm like, all right. Yeah. It's going to be rough. Teams that have the early buy, like the earliest possible or vice versa, and have it the latest possible, it sucks either way because then you have to play 12 straight weeks regardless then. Yeah. Yeah. So, only time will tell, right, Clark? Only time will tell. There so, last thing on the NFL, Antonio Brown. All, still making noise, still making headlines. Apparently, he's retiring from football. Buying it or not buying it? No. In two days, he's going to tweet that he's not retired. <laughs> I I think he gets signed at some point this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a problem and gets cut. And I think if he gets cut one more time, he's done. He's going to get signed by the Seahawks around week four, week five. He's been practicing with Russ. He's trying to get chemistry with Rusty. This is a whole big publicity stunt again to get his name back in the news. His name hasn't been in the news since he went crazy and burned his foot and all that nonsense last year. So he's been chilling in the he's been chilling in the dark right now. Just wants to get his name back out there. Make teams like, oh, Antonio Brown, I remember him. Maybe get his name out there. That's all that's all he wants to do right now. It's all a big publicity stunt. It's kind of like what Kanye's doing in a way. Don't, don't get me wrong here. If the Seahawks do sign that's a, Antonio Brown, that's a and and Josh Gordon, which people think they're going to once Josh Gordon is reinstated. Right that is the best receiving core in the league by far. Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. That's a front runner in the NFC right there. 
that's that's ridiculous. Okay. Here's a lot of things. Number totally. one, totally. go for it, Joe. Uh, Antonio Brown, whether or not he is retired or not, the Seahawks, if they were going to sign him, they would have done it already. Uh, that's just the basic honest-to-God truth that I, I, I believe. Last year, they were extremely desperate for wide receiver help, and they did not go for Antonio Brown. When they- I disagree because they can – they can kind of mitigate the backlash response that they're going to get if they sign him further into the season. There's less time to talk about it. If they sign him right now for the next month, all we're talking about is Antonio Brown. But they could have signed him week eight last year. They could have signed him week 10, week 12. I think Antonio Brown needed that year off. I don't think anybody was going to sign him. I think, especially with him coming out that he's retired now, it doesn't shock me. He's made a good amount of money. He has no real reason left to play. It's probably best for his physical and mental health that he hangs it up and goes off into the sunset. And I don't think that Seattle, an organization that's really smart like Seattle, needs that. They don't need Antonio Brown that badly. But if they take Josh risks Gordon, on talented will, players. They will sign Josh Gordon. Very confident in that. DK Metcalf is fun, but Antonio Brown comes back. I don't have this confidence that he's going to be prime 2014 Antonio Brown. I think that he's going to be somewhat of an older, like what we saw like at the back end of a great wide receiver's career. Because, I mean, even though he's not that old, he has all this time off. He has not been at, at game speed at that point. It's going to be a year plus. I mean, he looked pretty impressive with the Patriots. He looked impressive for the Patriots, of course, but that's because he was coming off an offseason full of training when he was still at game speed, did, you know, was at training camp with the Raiders. I mean, it's a big difference. I mean, he didn't really go to training camp with the Raiders. He was with them. He was with them. He was with them. He was training as if there was going to be a season. I don't know. A year off, you throw him in the middle of the season, give him, throw him a playbook. I, I don't know. I, don't I think, think if you, if you give like me Gio at the end of his career, Tio at the end of his career was still viable. Still I viable, mean, him, him and Ocho Cinco carried that Bengals team to a playoffs that I'm pretty I'm, sure the Steelers beat him in surprise, surprise. I'm not talking about well, the Bengals. They definitely lost. I'm talking about, I don't think that he makes them a top receiving core in the league. I think he does. Even he if, does. if you give me 70%, of 2018 Antonio Brown, that makes them the best receiving corner in the league. I disagree. I who who has a better receiving core? Who has a better receiving? Uh, probably the Cowboys at this point. Uh, Michael Gallup can't actually catch a ball, so. But CD Lamb <laughs> and rookie haven't seen him yet. Cooper, haven't seen Amari Cooper and Cooper. Gallup, Gallup. Gallup led the league in drops. The Cowboys led the league in drops. Okay. Um, The Browns? The Browns are dysfunctional, and Odell's probably not even going to be there throughout the year. Jarvis Landry, wildly overrated. I don't think he's wildly overrated. I think he's underrated. The Colts? The Colts? The Colts? (laughs) I don't know where that's coming from. We're playing. We're playing. Just busting some balls a little bit. Yeah. Wow. So... Uh, in between episodes, what? The Bucks. The Bucks have Godwin and Evans, and I'll give you that. Too bad Brady's not going to be able to throw deep to them. Why did I think of the Milwaukee Bucks? I was like, yeah, Giannis, good receiver. Giannis would be a terrific receiver. <laughs> He'd be phenomenal. God, imagine him in the in the red zone. 
It's over. It's so over. in between episodes, Joe came up with a little idea. So Joe, take it away. I through our social media and through scrolling through social media, we have decided to come up or ask, you know, the people to come up with hot takes. And if we see a hot take throughout our time, we have to comment on it because that's what sports really is about. It's about strong people having strong opinions and having a debate about it. So we had, through social media, a couple submissions for some listener topics, hot takes, things that they submitted to us that could, you know, cause a bit of a stir. I'm, ta- I'm not talking this if you don't know what a hot take is, <laughs> it's not a hot take to say that Patrick Mahomes is great, but it is a hot take to say that Patrick Mahomes is great only because of Andy Reid. A hot take has to be something that's controversial, yeah. something that will spark conversation, something that is not the mainstream style of thinking. So we have five submissions from our Instagram. I don't know if you guys want to go through all five today. Let's do two. Let's do two. We'll Let's save some for the next episode. We will well, I do- hope we have more by next episode. I'll try. I'll try. So, of course, keep sending them in. We will be asking. Um, we will be, you know, obviously, um, interaction with the listeners, with the viewers, is going to be a big part of what we do here. So, please, you have a hot take, comment it, leave it to us on social media, send us a DM. We're always going to be here. But I will do the first two listener topics that we have uh, written down here. Um, at Wonder 57 came out and said that Sam Darnold will not be the Jets' starting quarterback in 2021. Uh, React. Little background history on this guy. The B Wonder 57 diehard Jets fan, was big on Sam Darnold when, they got, when he got drafted. I don't know about when he got drafted, but once he saw him play – one of the first times. Big on Sam Darnold. Recently, though, ever since I'd say he got mono, not a fan. What do you guys think? So, for me, Darnold is tough because he is an exceptional talent. And I don't think anybody could argue that the Jets are better without him. They are significantly the better team when he is on the field. Yeah. Mono's sort of a freak thing. Of course. I, you know, that's not going to be reoccurring. Um, the other problem with Darnold isn't him. He has, since he's come in, I would argue, the worst offensive personnel group that he can possibly have. I mean, his number one receiver was maybe Robbie Anderson, who is a – Poor man's prime Mike Wallace. And he's not even there. He's anymore. about to be the like fourth receiver on Carolina. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> so, I mean, Anunwa for a blink of an eye, and sadly his career, you know, took a turn with the injury. But, I mean, what have the Jets been able to give Darnold? Nothing. Le'Veon. And Le'Veon's, eh. Le'Veon. I mean, Gase doesn't even Le'Veon want Le'Veon. Is, but, I th- Le'Veon is a problem unto himself because he's a patient runner that needs a good offensive line. He's a good running back. As a Steelers fan, I will never say Le'Veon is not a great running back. And we know what the Jets don't have. 
a great offensive line. Right Le'Veon is a great running back in a great system. You yes. put him in an okay system, he's not going to be anything better than good. He's not going to be exceptional. He does not change the face of an offense the way a Saquon Barkley can because of how dynamic he is, the way Christian McCaffrey can. I think a lot of people thought Le'Veon could do that. But since his time with Pittsburgh has passed, I think it's obvious that's not the player he is. And that was the biggest guy that they gave him. I'll put it this way. If Darnold is gone, which quite frankly, I think he's at his peak, and this is what Darnold is, is just a slightly better Alex Smith at that point. Oh, no. If If Darnold is gone by 2021, Gase needs to be going with him. Oh, for sure. Yes. You can't. I can't get rid of Darnold and keep Gase. See, so I, but at the same I'll, time, I'll though, this to the earlier keep, point how about Woody Darnold, Johnson. How can you keep Darnold, but then get a third head coach for a quarterback? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think relating to the Woody Johnson thing, if Woody Johnson is out, new owner, new GM, new coach, new quarterback. I think the only way Darnold doesn't come back in twenty twenty one is if they get Trevor Lawrence. They're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. If they Sam are not Donald, a good team, they're not a good team. Sam Donalds had to put up with, as you said, the worst offensive personnel in the NFL. I think by far. Yes. <laughs> They've given him nothing. Worst coaching in the NFL by far. And when he started, the Jets had a winning record. The Jets yeah. Yeah. beat Dallas last year. No, down the stretch, the Jets were dangerous. The yeah. Jets were tough. They played Pittsburgh very tough. They beat Pittsburgh. They had, I mean, there were uh, some games there down the stretch that the Jets really looked good. And that was mostly, honestly, because Sam Darnold went toe-to-toe. Even his rookie year, Sam Darnold showed flashes of greatness. Second year, we saw a a little bit more. If they can give him something. Because when he has time to throw, when he has time to throw, He's better than Josh Allen. He's better than Baker Mayfield. He's, of course, better than Josh Rosen. There's yeah. no debate about that. I mean, they, it, they made the right pick. I don't want anyone to say that Sam Donald was the wrong pick. No, because what are the better options? He's shown nothing but talent yeah. when he's been given the opportunity. He's if... had every possible force. His own body. Mono is not easy to come from. It will drain your entire system. And the fact that he came back from it and was better after, impressive. Does not get enough credit for that whatsoever. If Darnold isn't the starting QB for the Jets in 2021, it is the fault of the Jets. And they should not. Like, there's no way they should let this guy leave. If I'm, Dar- if I'm Darnold, I'm gone. I mean, I would definitely yeah, leave the Jets. I would, have, I would avoid signing any long-term deal with the Jets. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless you get like some ownership stake or something. Like I don't, I don't. I, Darnold has been their best option at quarterback since I don't know Brett Favre, Pennington before that. Yeah, long time. Pennington before that, and I mean, I'm. Not I mean, that Mark great Sanchez. Of, I'm not that. Mark Sanchez's tenure is looked back on as like this terrible run. He took him to two consecutive AFC title games. If they had a more competent player than Mark Sanchez, they could have won. See, Sanchez got it done when it mattered. That was the good thing about Sanchez. It wasn't good. No, he 
overall, as a football player, Sanchez was below average. But Darnold is like, but, but Darnold is like Mark Sanchez now. Once they ask him to do too much, it crumbles and falls apart. I disagree because I think if you give if you give Darnold half the team that Sanchez had, he would be in like MVP conversations. I think Darnold is far and away. You give him the Browns. He's yeah. Oh, if you give him the Browns, they are def- they definitively are at least eleven and five last year. Darnold's a talent. Darnold is a talent. Is people gotta learn it? I this is this is another thing of just like the Jets are a dysfunctional organization. Yeah. This is a yeah. this is a franchise quarterback that some people are like, well, we don't really know how good he is. No, we know. We've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. They are a completely different team when he plays. So if you think that's the guy you don't want to give the money to, and you also kind of don't want to give the money to Jamal Adams, then you don't want to give money to anybody that you draft. You just want to give it to free agents. You don't want to win, if we're being honest. Jamal's the best safety in the league, and they don't want to pay him. I I I would have paused paying a position like safety when you are the Jets. Who needs so many more value? Yeah. But yes, when you're but the now best, you don't do the quarterback. I don't like. If I'm the Jets, I'm taking care of the quarterback, and and then you gotta you gotta be able to rush the passer. It's so important in this league. The Jets haven't been able to do it in five years. Since Sheldon yeah. Richardson. All right, Joe. Real quick, what else you got for us? I got one more hot take. Uh, this one is very controversial from Ryan McCook. And he said that Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the NFC East. Correct. He could not be further from the truth. I think he's out of his mind right now. He's yeah. he's significantly better than Carson Wentz. That's not accurate. Just Yo, not I have fought you not... for two years on this. Carson Wentz is not as good as you think he is. Carson Wentz is he, the, the gap between Carson Wentz and Patrick Mahomes is not as substantial as the average person might think. Carson Wentz. But we're not talking about all, Patrick Mahomes, though. Yeah, we're talking about Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott is extremely far. As far as pure talent goes, what Carson Wentz was able to do last year is almost stupid. It's it's almost illogical. The fact that he was alone on the team. I mean, he was really going to bat with pra- the practice. practice squad. Boston pra- Scott, okay. the practice squad. Practice squad, practice squad playmakers, I'll say. That offensive line was still very good. And the running back squad was still very capable. The running back squad was also table scraps. and people. Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders was a second-round pick. Miles Sanders, they, they were throwing up Boston Scott in week 17. Boston Miles Scott. Did not make it to the red. To oh, the yeah. Five foot two of Boston the, Scott. Yeah, the final week. But, I mean, let's not act like Miles Sanders And they still playing. won the division with all that. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying that Dak is the best QB in the NFCs. I think Wentz is the best QB, but I don't yeah. think Dak is that far off. I think Dak doesn't get nearly enough credit considering the atmosphere that he has to play in. Dak's second. I mean, that's, that's for sure. Dak's second. Is he first? I don't think so. Close second, yes, but not first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I could the art the argument you should use for Dak over Wentz is the the best ability is availability. Well, that's and the thing. Dak doesn't miss games. That's the only argument you have. Yeah, but what else is there? If Carson Wentz isn't even there on the field playing, then how can he even be the better quarterback? That's ridiculous. I mean that like because just because we're talking about who's the better quarterback, not who you, like you're okay signing with long term. Like I get that if you have health concerns. But if you're going to use that to, like, say that he's not better, because the question is, who's better? Who is the better player of the quarterback position? And it's far and away. Talent doesn't matter if you can't use it. That's a joke. You, you don't actually believe that. I know you don't believe that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, I will also say this. I don't think the Eagles really have done Wentz any favors as much as the Cowboys have given Dak weapons. Um, that also being said, they didn't really add much more for Wentz this offseason. Yeah, they got Rager in the first round. Realistically, was a second round to third round talent. He was a second rounder at best. So, yeah. I mean, he was fast, but okay, that's fine. They already have Deshaun Jackson for that. So. Got another Deshaun Jackson. They're not doing him favors. They weren't doing him any favors. If you if you look at what Wentz's stats would have been if they even caught half the balls that they ended up dropping, and I get it, yeah, the Cowboys had more drops than anyone else, but they also they also had Amari Cooper out there every single day, every week Amari Cooper was there. And Ezekiel Elliott. About to say, I was just about to say that you have Zeke too. You can switch it up in the change of a second. You don't. You can confuse the defense easily by just tossing the ball to Zeke. Dak is. Dak is a really good quarterback when everything breaks right for him. And when Wentz what, is a great quarterback when everyone breaks wrong for him. Agreed. No, Wentz, is, breaking on Wentz, is, Wentz is the much better improviser, the much better let-me-do-this-myself guy. Ha, who knows if that's capable of leading them to a Super Bowl, however, because that, it, that's its own kind of discussion. Yeah. Dak yeah. is very efficient and very good when the rest of the Cowboys are good. When Zeke's running for five yards a carry, Dak's phenomenal. And the play action, everything like that, Dak is so good when the Cowboys system is working. Week in and week out, though, Carson Wentz is the better quarterback. And from just a throwing standpoint, uh, leader of the offense, just doing something when nothing else is there. Carson Wentz is one of the best in the league at that. And if he would have stayed healthy during the playoff game, if he would have stayed in that whole game, they would have beat the Seahawks too. Putting that on record. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no, there's absolutely no yeah, doubt. Easily would. I think they would have beat the Seahawks. Well, there's been putting Greg Ward instead of Jonathan McCown. They would have won. <laughs> Whoa. We are not going to disrespect Josh McCown like that That's in that game. Put it because I, I watched that game, and I, di- I disagree with you guys that the Eagles would have won if Wentz stayed in because I just think that's wrong. McCown, when he came in, was significantly the better option than Wentz. They actually moved the ball. When Wentz was in, they were god-awful. I don't think that's Wentz's fault, mm-hmm. but I think McCown – added a different dimension that if you just kept rolling with Wentz, I think they would have lost by 
a wider margin. Of course, they game plan for Carson Wentz. So yes. I mean, if you, if you game plan for a player and the player doesn't produce, that's good game planning, and the player didn't beat the game plan. So but, I mean, congratulations, they, Seahawks. Also, I mean, the Seahawks have to, you know, play these playoff games in spite of Pete Carroll's play calling. So we have so, to. Oh, hey, totally in agreement with you there. <laughs> oh, I have a, I have a top, I have a top three quarterback in the league. No, I don't want to no. get him the ball. You I don't want to let him have it. That. You disagree with me on that for a long time. That Pete Carroll, I would always say that he was overrated as a coach, and you went. Pete back. Carroll is a great coach. He is a terrible play caller. There you I go. think there is a de- definite difference. T- training defensive backs, building up defenses. Pete Carroll does it second to none to anybody in the league besides maybe Bill Belichick. Play calling, the guys he puts in charge of play calling, terrible, god awful. It's been that way since they won the Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's all the time we have for the this episode. Clark, hit us with the outro. All right. So thank you guys for uh, listening to our third episode of the department podcast. Hope you guys all enjoyed that. You can subscribe to us right below here on YouTube, hit the bell, get all of our notifications of when we upload, leave a like, leave a comment. Um, I really appreciate it. If you guys would follow us on Instagram at the underscore department underscore podcast and on Twitter at the department P one, but YouTube is not the only place where this podcast is being streamed now. We are also on made a lot of podcast apps and sites. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Anchor FM, and Radio Public are just some to name that we are now streaming on. So stay tuned for our next episode. And thank you all for listening.